0: Today's episode is brought to you by Checkfront, the booking platform trusted by over 5,000 tour and activity operators around the world. You can start your own free 21-day trial over at checkfront.com. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran, Shane Whaley, will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. And welcome to episode 139 of the Tourpreneur Podcast. We are kicking off a brand new mini-series, called Blogging for Tour Operators. I'm joined today on the show by marketing expert, Doreen Wharton of Travel Life Media. How are you, Doreen?
1: I'm great. How are you, Shane?
0: Great to talk with you again. I'm really excited to dig into this topic of blogging. It's a topic that's uh, close to my heart. And we know from our Facebook group, from our community, that when we asked about what topics of marketing uh, to discuss on the show, what did people want to learn, blogging was one of the top topics, wasn't it?
1: It certainly was. So perfect timing.
0: Brilliant. So what we thought we would do is rather than just do a two-hour deep dive on blogging for tour operators, because we don't want to put you off, right? We thought we'd break this down into bite-sized episodes uh, that you can tune in and listen to. Today we're going to kick off with probably the most important, because this is how we build the foundation of our blogs, which is goals, mindset, and why even bother taking the time to create a blog. Doreen, what are your thoughts on this when it comes to mindset? we sat down, we want to create a blog. What should operators be asking themselves in the first instance?
1: Well, I would say the first thing is get over the personal fear of putting your voice out there. And it's hard because many of our audiences, actually, I think probably everybody has a website And it's really easy to hide behind a company name. But then when it comes to your own personal personal blog where you're writing about a particular topic in your niche, all of a sudden it changes because the imposter syndrome comes out. What if someone reads this and they don't think it's good enough? Or what if no one reads it at all? Or who am I to be writing and putting this out in the world? No doubt there are... People in this audience that are feeling that way, I certainly have felt that way many times. I, I have two blogs on my own, but I also write for some other companies. And it took me five years, five years of courage to finally take the time to write a blog. So it's 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 real. Like that fear of putting your voice out there is is real.
0: It is. And before we even get to that, I feel the most important thing we need to ask ourselves is why. Why do we want to sit down and publish a blog? What, what are our goals? And when, when I think about goals with, with blogging, especially in the professional sense, it's we blog because we want to get our voice out there. We have something to say. Um, we blog because we want to attract business. We want to attract bookings to our website. And we do that because by blogging, you hope you build credibility, authority, maybe a bit of intrigue, um, getting your, your personality out there but also it acts as a traffic magnet, that old SEO, which I know you're an expert on. You know, blogs are very, very good for SEO, a good way of, you know, what I call a magnet, a way of you know, attracting traffic to your website. And also a lot of bloggers, we forget, this blog for fun. They enjoy writing, they enjoy uh, publishing a blog and getting their opinion or their insight or observation out there in the world. But I think it's really crucial, isn't it, before tour operators begin blogging that really ask ourselves and you know, why are we doing this?
1: Yeah, and, and it could be even the most basic thing to answer the important questions that most of your guests have before they go on your tour. That can be a blog in itself. It should be worth your while too because starting a blog isn't, you don't do it overnight necessarily. There's a lot of nurturing that has to happen with a blog. So yeah, having goals in mind first and foremost is, is the right approach.
0: Yeah. And I think also with the mindset to bear in mind, I I would say starting off with adding credibility to your tours, because as we know, once we get into recovery, which hopefully won't be too far away, uh, you may be in an area where it's very competitive. So let's say you are leading walking tours in a major city and there are several walking tour companies. The fact that you have a blog where you're talking about some of the things that you see on your tours, some of the things people will experience on the tours that hopefully will give credibility to you. It could be the decider between your company and your competitor down the road because you've taken that time out to blog. First of all, maybe that's how a traveler has discovered you because they were Googling and they found your blog post or they've been planning to go to that destination for some time. Yeah, I Certainly, I have a list of destinations during COVID that I want to visit. And I'm researching, and i would be like, yeah, as soon as I go to London, I'm booking that walk-in tour with Jane because she really knows her stuff when it comes to architecture. I love her blog. And money doesn't come into it. I'm gonna book that particular tour or experience. So there is that credibility aspect and a way of standing out from your competitors, isn't there?
1: Definitely. There's some good facts out there that that say that 60% of uh businesses say that their blog has been really effective at getting people at the early stage of buying. Yeah. So that person right now who's in lockdown and dreaming about their next vacation, what are they doing right now? They're researching and blogs are one of the best ways you think, Oh, well the social media is well, chances are social media they're looking at, but it was a blog that was linked to that piece of social media that got them reading about a particular location. So yeah, I'd like to think of, Blogging is a really good jump off point for a lot of things because it's a jump off point for content marketing because, you know, content is basically built off of things like blogs and then you can divide it into other things. It helps you with PR because, you know, you go, even if you're applying for a job or if you're talking to a publication about your business, chances are you're going to send them your blog to, your, to talk about the themes and the ideas that you have out there, which is your blog. It can also be you know, SEO, we'll, t- we'll talk about as well, and confidence, right? So it's a real jumping off point for a lot of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to dig into a lot of the content creation techniques and tactics on future episodes of the Blogging for Tour operator series. I think also a big question we need to ask ourselves when we're publishing or creating the blog is, who is it for? Who's your audience? Because what I see in my own blog consumption is I tend to read more from thought leaders. So Nikki Padilla-Rivera is a great example of this. She produces incredible content around tours. Alex Brainbridge is always very controversial, but I enjoy reading his blog posts because it always gives me something to think about. He knows, and Nikki knows, the audience they're writing for. And I think that's the key. Are you writing a blog for potential customers who may book with you? Or do you want to make a stand maybe on sustainable travel and be a thought leader? I think you really need to understand that because... It's very easy to blur the two. And then I think it makes it more difficult to publish blogs if you don't really know who your audience is, who you're writing
1: for. 100%. I mean, that goes without saying pretty much for the tour that you're building for your business as well. I mean, if you don't know who it's for, it's, it's really hard to do it. Now, there's one really big benefit, though, with blogs is you can always update them and you 100% own it. So you can actually update it. All the time, and if you decide you don't like it, you can delete it and try again. So that's the beautiful thing about it: is you maybe you don't feel that you got this one right. Go back and you know redo it. That's what actually makes it powerful because it is it's not one hundred percent static, and you one hundred percent control
0: it. Yeah, I agree. The other thing when it comes to mindset that I think is really important. It's the same with any kind of content creation. It's certainly the same with this podcast, and that's discipline and consistency and deciding from the start, right, I'm going to publish a blog every Monday or the first of every month or every day or whatever it may be, and try and stick to that program and to that schedule so people know, A, when to expect your next blog post, but B, it will help you with SEO and with that traffic because you're blogging regularly. So for instance, with this podcast, if I just put a podcast out when I felt like it, I probably wouldn't have that many subscribers. In fact, if there are weeks that I take off, I get, it's so cute. I get emails from people like, are you okay? Are you sick? And I'm like, no, no, I'm just taking a week off. But that, you know, to be consistent, a bit like working out and going to the gym, you've got to like write out a plan of saying, these are the days I'm going to blog, not just, oh, that's a good topic. I'll blog about that today.
1: Well, and then it keeps you top of mind. You're right. Now to make people feel a little more comfortable with that idea, you don't always have to be the one blogging either. Yeah, you can get guest posters to blog for you that so you can maintain that schedule, or um, it doesn't even have to be written. It can be an interview with someone. It can be a video that then you kind of make it create into a, a blog post. It can be audio, which basically you do is on the printer website. Yes, or, or an infographic or anything. So you don't have to feel like oh, is you know I'm I'm not going to be able to maintain that because I need to write the most incredibly thought provoking one thousand word blog post. It doesn't have to be that way. And you can mix things up too on your blog.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And it'll be interesting, you know, when you look back, when you create the blog and then you see how it evolves and, and where you've taken it, because it may be, you have this goal starting out that changes six months through and you start focusing on other topics, other areas, and that's fine as well. Seeing the evolution of a blog.
1: Yeah. And sometimes you'll look at it and you'll think, oh, the traffic, oh, you look on Google analytics. Oh, it wasn't very good. But you got to really look at it and say, is it the, was it the topic or was it the, the way it was written? It could have been the title or you didn't really share it enough. You know, that's another thing too, is there's a little bit of problem solving that goes into it as well to find out what the right content is too.
0: And that's the fun part about being a content creator. I love going back over my stats and seeing which podcasts were the most downloaded. And I look at that and say, okay, was it the guest? Was it the content or was I just on form of the magnetic headline that day that everyone was like, I must go listen to that. And it's, it's it really interesting to go back and, and appraise the content because there is so much that goes into the blog post, right? It could be the images, it could be your SEO stuff. Definitely headlines is really important because right now we we are drowning in content. So you do have to stand out. And if you just title a blog post, "Walking tour in London, you're probably not going to get that many clicks. But maybe something such as... Uh, five sites in london that the tour guide will never show you or something like that is more intriguing to click on and there's a whole art involved and you're a copywriting expert but there's a whole art in that as well
1: but that's what makes it fun yeah is, is that problem solving figuring out what works what doesn't work
0: you and i think that's fun got a quick message from one of our sponsors and then we'll get right back to today's show stay tuned Do you spend many nights sitting at your desk trying to figure something out in your booking system to make it work better for your business? With Checkfront, you'll always have access to a friendly support team who's quick to reply with a step-by-step solution no matter what you need help with. Find out other ways Checkfront can make things easier for you at checkfront.com forward slash tourpreneur. If you're considering starting a blog and you don't actually enjoy writing. Maybe a blog isn't for you and and maybe you want to create audio or video or whatever it may be. I would say to people, don't force yourself into publishing a blog if you don't actually enjoy the writing process. Would you agree with that, Dorian?
1: Definitely. Well, I can tell you from personal experience, when I started, I was convinced I was going to be a full-time blogger, leaving corporate world, like this is what I'm going to do. I was so exhausted trying to be to live up to that. And I really wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. And so instead I pulled back and thought about, okay, what is it that I really want to do here? What's important to me? It changed from there. And I didn't actually really like it that much. I just thought it's something I should be doing because that's what people do yeah. <laughs> or, you know, or this is, this, this should be the normal stage that you got to really dedicate to something and do it really, really well to move on. But it doesn't have to be that way. It's just establishing really good goals and being consistent.
0: Absolutely. I would also say that if you if you want to publish a blog and you're worried about your grammar, there's great tools out there. I'm saved every single day by Grammarly <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. corrects my poor grammar. So, I mean, if you go back a few years, you know, these tools weren't available. If you had poor grammar, it would show now there's really no excuses because this thing will correct you.
1: Well, I'll, I'll speak specifically for people that are listening that are that you know, you have an English website and you have a blog and English is not your first language. Hire someone. You can hire someone to edit. You can hire someone to write, you know, you improve it and change it as you go. It's, it's not a problem. I use an editor all the time on mine. I made the mistake of making a really bad mistake on, on a blog that I had like just a really ridiculously horrible spelling error throughout the entire thing. And I just didn't even see it in the, you know, when I was scanning it and editing. So it's like, now I'm going to have an editor relook at this thing because they're going to catch something that I just didn't, wasn't even in my, wasn't even in my head while I was writing it.
0: Absolutely. Like I say saved by Grammarly so many times. And I look back and say, how did I make that mistake? But that's the really cool thing. So even if you want to write and you're not confident that Like you say, especially if English is your second language, or even in my case, where I haven't read a school book in many years, so I forget the grammar. And even spelling, there are some words, I think, really, it's spelled that way? (laughs) I have to double check. And then
1: British spelling, Oh yeah, you know, American spelling, Canadian spelling, it's just, yeah. So there's all those things to think about, but then it's, okay, but don't worry, because you can always change it. You can always hire someone to give it another scan. And if you don't like it, you can delete it or you can update it. We think the pressure's high, but the pressure's relatively low because of the, the nature of the medium.
0: Absolutely. Pay the $49 for Grammarly. I, I should get an affiliate link from them, but they definitely have saved me. Um, another aspect of blogging that I would ask people to consider is to ask, especially if you're going to go down more the thought leader route or if there's a particular struggle um, that you want to write about, something that your readers might identify with, is being thick skinned. And I've had to learn this with the podcast. There are occasionally comments which are pretty cutting um, because not everybody knows how to give constructive feedback. That's something also to be prepared for. I mean, it's kind of the flip side of that is if you're getting those comments, it probably means you're, you're doing well in terms of sharing your blog posts and getting it out there because that's when you tend to get those comments. And also it's a part of human nature for most of us. You might get 10 compliments on your blog post one negative comment and you just fixate on that one negative comment.
1: Yeah. And often for some reason, unless you do some things to invite people to comment on it, like, you know, when you post it on social media and you say, Hey, please comment, hopefully you'll get some comments, but people don't necessarily comment on blogs. And then that alone can kind of is a little bit of a mind, you know, you think, well, did people not like it? What did they think? Did they not read it? So the, whether you get comments or not get comments, you're going to think something and it's going to be personal.
0: So, so going back in time, it would be, you would get comments on a blog. Now it seems to me that people don't really come. I mean, even on Torpreneur, I don't get many comments on the website itself, but when I share on social, that's when I'll get, I listen to this and I strongly disagree with Jane on such and such. And that's where you will get that feedback. You will get it on social rather than just on the website itself.
1: Yeah. And I can't think that's just by nature of the forum. There is that kind of natural nature to want to comment and then put your voice out. That's another example of putting your voice out in the world when you comment on social media.
0: Absolutely. But I would ask listeners if they are considering publishing a blog to just be mindful that putting yourself in the public spotlight, you know, you will get the occasional comment that is negative and it will piss you off all day. (laughs) I I still get that now, several years in. So just be ready for that.
1: But, But that's like reviews, isn't it? Yeah. So walk away and then you respond to it later.
0: I was talking to an author the other day, not in travel, and he was complaining because he did a new book out and most of the reviews were four or five stars and he had one one star review. And of course, right, like I just said, it was that one one star review that really made him angry. And I said, you know what, you should welcome that one star review because that shows me that you haven't just got all your mates to leave you reviews because when I go on something and it's all five-star reviews, I kind of think, oh, is this some kind of marketing campaign or whatever? So I kind of like to see a few negative reviews because then I think, well, real people are buying this. There's a certain psychology.
1: That's character building, as you said. It's the courage to accept those things and, and how you choose to handle them.
0: Yes. I mean, if you're writing, for instance, let's say you have a walking tour in London, and you're writing about architecture, architecture you're probably not going to get any negative comments. But once you start going down the thought leader route, you will encounter that. And it's difficult. Sometimes you have to say, okay, this is the stand I'm going to make on a particular issue. I appreciate not everyone's going to agree with me. I am going to, might get some flack for this, but be ready for it. But the advice I give is to take a step back, listen. What can you learn from that comment? Does the other person actually have a good point of view that you haven't considered before? And engage in discussion and dialogue, especially on social because we know that that dialogue, the more engagement you get, the more the social media channels promote your content or publicize it or whatever. So that kind of discussion is actually really good, but it can be difficult sometimes because, and let's be honest, we're same with our tours and experiences, there are babies. And when you write a blog post, it's very easy, or same with a podcast episode, it's very easy to get defensive.
1: Yeah, very easy. And I think uh, we've got a lot of real thought leaders in, in this industry. Yeah. Your blog doesn't have to be a thought leadership type of piece either. It can very much be a piece that's about giving information, you know, what to, things to do in New York City when when there's lockdown, or it, it can really look a lot of different ways.
0: And we're going to dig into some of these content areas because there, there are so many things we can write about, but there's often the case of the blank page staring back at you when you're wanting to blog. But we're going to dig into that. Some of the other topics that we have lined up for future Uh, episodes in this series is what should you write about, where to find the best topics, how to repurpose content. That's something I need to do a lot of work on this year. Copywriting tips specific to blogging, on-page SEO, tracking and analyzing performance. That's something else, you know, when you're starting a blog, unless you've got a massive social media following, I would say don't even check the stats for a while. Um, nobody agrees with me on this story. And I also say it to fellow podcasters who are starting out, don't fixate on the stats at the start.
1: I agree with you too, because it, it's too maddening and it'll make you stop because you, you have this expectation that there's all this visibility and views and everyone's reading it. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you. So for the listeners that are a bit skeptical saying, okay, you know, it, there's some personal aspects to it and you know, it can do some good things, but let's just share a few facts. So 70% of people would rather learn about a company through articles rather than advertisements. This is not a selling forum. You can do it subtly, you know, content creation, you know, it really makes the world go round when it comes to marketing now because it's the subtleness of it and helping people won't get warmed up to, to knowing who you are. A blog really does that. The other thing is that businesses that blog claim, and this is coming from HubSpot, so it's a decent reference that 55, they get 55% more website visitors than businesses that don't. Right. So you, you can get more traffic. You're marketing your business in a subtler way than selling all the time. And then the other one is you get 97% more links than businesses that don't have a blog. And links are really important as an important part of SEO. Love it. Which improves, improves the value of your website. So there are reasons to do it, 100%. And bringing new people into your business is, is obviously a big part of it as well.
0: Well, a good example of that is on links is I'm going to add some links to the show notes, which is torpreneur.com forward slash 139 to advice from other bloggers about how to get started and how to write blogs. Now, the chances are a listener may land on that page. That person may have really good content. It's an authority that they're not aware of before and buy their book. They might buy coaching or none of that, whatever. But I mean, the fact is we're going to send people to those links because they're quality links. And that's the other aspect to this. What you write needs to be credible. It needs to be authentic. It needs to be genuine. Don't go hire a ghost writer. I used to see this all the time in SEO. They'd hire people to write these articles for you. There was even AI and machines that would write articles going way back. Don't do that because what will happen is, let's say, for instance, I want to go on an architecture tour of London, I'm reading about your private tour and reading your weekly blog or your monthly blog. You're building that credibility with me that I know as soon as I know I'm coming to London, I'm booking your tour, not the person down the road who's offering that tour. So there's so much value in having that blog post, consistent blog posting.
1: I have a different point of view on that because sure. I also do ghost writing for some blogs. And the most important thing is you need to keep the consistency and the reality is there might be some other people writing it, but you're always going to be the one that's looking in and editing it and changing it to make sure it's, you're comfortable with it and it's going on your website.
0: I can agree with that. But I would also say hiring you probably isn't cheap and you'll do a really good job and lots of research and you'll look at the tone and voice of the website and you'll go and research the, the topic being discussed. There are a lot of folks out there that are charging bargain basement prices for blogging and they're the ones that you have to be careful of, in my experience.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. But the same goes for guest posting, which is a really effective strategy that wow. we'll talk about in future episodes is having people write about a, a particular topic that's related to your, to your theme or your niche. They're going to have a different take on it, but you're still in the end, you need to, you need to feel confident what's going on in your blog.
0: Well, then you go from being a blogger to an editor and you need to decide, Hey, is this content useful? Is it authentic? Incredible? is it the right tone for my business for my website, right? So then you become an editor, right. not just a blogger. And yeah, absolutely. I, I strongly believe in, in guest bloggers, but I get a ton of email from many of them who want a guest blog on Tourpreneur for things that are just not relevant to the travel industry, let alone to tours. So you need to be very careful when you bring on a, a guest blogger to a guest post.
1: Well, those guys are after the link.
0: So exactly. are to get a link. Yeah.
1: They don't even care that their, their topic is not related to yours, which is annoying.
0: Yeah. Having that credible content will lead to more bookings, more business and more traffic. But I think the main lesson from today is just making sure you have that goal in your mind before you start out and also really know who you're writing for. Any final tips on that?
1: You know, take a deep breath because it just feels like one more thing that you have to do on your business but it can pay out. Yeah, You can easily do it little by little and not feel like this is going to solve all of my traffic and visibility problems. It won't. It's going to take time. You know, who knows? You might actually enjoy it.
0: I agree with that. The only thing I would say is make sure before you even think of publishing a blog that your copy is in good order for your tour descriptions, your photos are looking good, videos are looking good. Make sure you have the basics in play before you go write a blog post.
1: Yes, fair enough.
0: Brilliant stuff. Well, I'm really excited about the next topic we are going to tackle. So next month, it's going to be what should you write about or video or audio and where to find the best topics? Because this is one that comes up a lot about, okay, I'm going to blog. You start off with enthusiasm and then you you know, you know can dry up on ideas. So I'm really excited to tackle this one with you, Doreen. And there may be even a chance we'll do a live Q&A as well with the community. I'm looking at a few tech things right now, see if we can make that possible. So uh, let us know in the Facebook group or drop me an email. Uh, Let us know what you think of today's episode, what suggestions you have around mindset and advice on starting a blog. And you can find all the show notes at tourpreneur.com forward slash 139. And where can people find your website, Doreen, if they want to get in touch with you directly?
1: You can find me at travellifemedia.com
0: fantastic thanks very much
1: okay thanks for having me look forward to the next one
0: thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast be sure to visit tourpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode this is Torpreneur.